4: Woman on a mission, and I have got to say, with you guys and the show, what a performance we have done tonight! I have been absolutely ecstatic, absolutely buzzing, and ready to rock and roll, as they say, for the next half of the show. Now, of course, I wouldn't be able to have an Ask Sue show without a certain person, and tonight is no exception. To mess your days up so that you don't realize if it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Of course, we have to have Howard Epstein on the show. Hi, Howard. How are you doing? Well,
5: now you've really got me. Thanks. Now I'm not going to know what day it is.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Now, of course, we've um, obviously spoke to you just before, and we decided that we wanted to have a few words about a special dog that has actually passed away just recently. And, Howard, I'll pass it over to you.
5: Yeah, I have to say that um, Herbie really stole the hearts of lots and lots of people all over the world. On Facebook, of course, um, he was a rock star. And um, I wanted to bring up a point because we had Doc Rick on the show, and Doc Rick is a police officer. And he took Herbie in. He watched her about four days a week, and people have the pictures. He nurtured Herbie. He fed him balls. He took care of him and um, when Doc was on the show a couple of weeks, he told us that he would not let Herbie suffer, and he kept to his word, and Herbie, you know, Herbie went to the bridge a couple of days ago, and uh, to all the people out there that supported him, he was just an amazing dog. He showed us courage, and uh, Rick, um Dr. Rick went away for a couple of days, but we certainly want to thank him, Sue. He was such an amazing guy, and a, and a police officer who did so much good, you know, like, like the officers here in L.A. with Philly, but we just wanna tell Doc Rick that our thoughts are with him and uh Herbie, Herbie will certainly be missed but his um his memory will go on and um I just hope there's more police officers like that who did what he did. He's just, just an amazing guy, Doc Rick. We did have him on the show and maybe we'll you know, we'll re broadcast. I just hope um just hope everyone remembers because uh he was such a gentleman, Doc Rick and Herbie certainly stole our hearts, you know. We've seen the pictures all over Facebook. So I just wanted to say a little something. Just an amazing little guy. And um, also I wanted to just touch upon folks. You know, the Sue Show is um, growing and growing. Sue started, you know, uh, she did a lot of shows on Lennox, And as you can see today, she's really uh, peaked. She's having senators on, some very, very special people. But she needs funding to keep the show going, guys. And she does have a uh, PayPal account. I made it. I made a small donation today myself. Um, You know, people will inbox Sue. They'll inbox me. Can you get me on the show? Can you share this? Well, it's great. Sue will do it, but she needs help. The phone bills are there. There's a lot of expenses involved. Um, You know, whether you give a dollar, whether you give $100, whatever it is, you know, it adds up. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, I'm asking, this is not Sue. I'm asking if anyone listening can please help her out because the show is making such a huge difference. It's touched everyone's lives. She doesn't only talk about animals, you know, missing kids, whatever the subject is, Sue is there, but we need to be there for her. So I'm asking everyone who has listened to the show, a friend of mine, anyone that was involved with Herbie, Patrick, Lennox, any of it, because she has touched so many hearts and now she needs our help. So I'm asking everyone to please help give up a pack of cigarettes for the week, coffee, drink, whatever it is. But let's come let's come help Sue because uh, she really needs the assistance and it's just going to be an investment guys because you know, show goes on and more subjects will come on and more amazing guests like today. So that's my little rant for today.
4: (laughs) Howard, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, And and the thing is everybody, I I just, I was talking to um, Kathy today and I was talking to her about where I wanted to go with the show and I'm always sharing the links and everything else. And guys, I don't, I'm not happy. I, I, I want to be able to get this show bigger, not for my own ego, not because I want to get out there myself. I want it so everybody says to me, oh, we, we never get media exposure, exposure for the animals, for the abuse, the suffering, the torturing, and all these different things, police shooting, shooting dogs. The only way that you guys can get this voice bigger is if you add your friends. People say to me, oh, but my friends might not be interested. Give them a chance. That's add them right. to Ask Sue Show Network, add them to the Ask Sue Show group on Facebook, get them to email me or whatever. But I get people that annoy me by sending me just a link to my inbox and think, it's okay. I've sent that link to her, so she'll get it out there, so I don't need to worry anymore. Excuse me, right. I ain't doing it no more. This is an Ask Sue show. And this is where we are going places. I am sick to death of seeing this abuse. I'm sick to death of seeing all these dogs that are suffering. I'm sick to death of these governments who are not backing up us, the general people. And if us general people want to have a voice, it's right here. But I cannot do this on my own. I need all of you to please share the show. We've had enough of this crap for far too long. I'm sick of seeing dogs that have been suffering, dogs being buried alive. We've had stories of Lennox. You know, we've had Herbie that was saved and unfortunately he's passed, but look at how much he gained. You know, we've had all these other dog stories, but we can make a difference. I'm sick of having shares of different things when a dog's passed, you know, when we get all of this RIP, and it's fantastic. The support is fantastic, but why do we do it when the dog has died? Why don't we share this show like as if it's, it's, there's no tomorrow so we can get more listeners and so we can get out there further? I want to be exactly. able to do advertising, and I want to get it out there, but I can only do it if you guys are behind me 100%. I can't do this on my own. So I'm asking all of you to please, as Howard has just said, and I'm saying, please just support me. Don't just say the show was good tonight. Share the links and tell everybody else about it. So thank you yep. very much for your support. Now, still, I
5: just wanted to tell you something. I think Kristen was quite amazing. You might have a little
4: competition coming, so watch her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start her off. <laughs> You're right, Howard. I have got to say to everybody. She's done so much, she's going to go mad at me, but she's done so much about the dogs being shot by police. You can ask her any statistics, you can ask her anything about any information, and she even puts her own personal number out there for people to help her. You know, for people that need help, sorry. But the trouble is there is not enough people calling her to help her. She needs your help. It doesn't exactly. matter whether you can send emails, if you can help run a website, whatever it may be. But let me just tell you that most times, Kristen rings most people. As soon as she finds out there is a dog that has been shot by the police, she rings that person individually and speaks to them and advises them. So I'm asking That's all right. of you, please, to add Kristen on Facebook, Kristen space L... Space Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N-N. And she will be putting her name and Facebook into the um, chat if I speak to her nicely. So, Howard, Great. thank you very much for calling in. Thank and, you, my um, friend. I will you know, see you on Tuesday. Of course, we Tuesday. have to remember her. Be a very special little dog. Bless him.
5: Yes, yes. And have a good rest of the show, and thanks to all the guests. It's quite an amazing show, Sue. So I will be listening, and I love you, my friend. I'll see you on Tuesday.
4: Okay. Thank you very much, Howard. Thank you for joining us today. Okay, honey. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye bye. And just following on from that, um, Kristen, as I told you, as put her chat uh, in chat, the uh, number her number is three one four six three two six five zero eight. So if anybody has had their dog shot by the police, or even if you hear that, you know, if you see on Facebook or you hear on the grapevine that a dog's been shot by police, you can either email ask Sue Show at gmail dot com you can get in touch with me on Facebook obviously i'm in the u k so it's no good giving my number because it will cost you too much to ring, or you can ring Kristen on three one four six three two six five oh eight and we will help you as the best we can. so with no further ado, let me get my co host on yeah. because obviously I need her uh Kristen hi how are you doing love? I'm great, thanks. How are you? <laughs> I love it. I've I, just got to so say, you I'm, it sure, up I'm sure in you're.
6: Shows, huh? Sorry? you got to want to work in between shows,
4: huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, just little. I just have a little rant. The uh, thing so is, we need more exposure, don't we? This is the thing. You know, uh, you're doing your website, uh, I'm doing the shows, but we need them to get out there now. Uh,
6: mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, I, a lot of that will happen after. Um, you know, uh-huh. we go live with the website and everything, but again, you know that all happen after the marketing firm does their little thing to make everything pretty and oh, yeah, do whatever uh, they do. I don't even know what yeah. they really do, but I just know <laughs> they give you a good image. <laughs> exactly. Okay, yes,
4: sir. Right, the dogs
6: well, woke up. Sorry.
4: I was just going to yeah. say, I think they're going to be joining yeah. the show tonight. Bless them.
6: Yeah, I think um, they need to go upstairs. <laughs>
4: Right, let's get. Um, we've got Jim, and we've got. Now I'm going to have to ask, Lady Lady Lady. It, how do we say it? it?
7: It's Lady but again, I answer to anything, so it's not a problem.
4: So it's Leedy. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll get there.
7: <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I think.
4: I think after how how much work you've done and how brilliant you've been, we'll call you Lady. <laughs> <laughs> I've
7: never been a lady. <laughs> oh, we
4: can start with lady. I will remember that one. <laughs> oh dear! Right. So let's let's start off with um, the second part of the show. I've had enough of ranting, and we we've, we've got all the awareness out there, so that's all brilliant. So anyway, um, let's start with. Um, I'm going to say, lady, sod it. Lady, where do you want to um, start? Is there anything you want to start off with for the beginning of the next, the following show?
7: Well, I do think that uh, again, if, if your dog is shot or any time you see a dog and police encounter, it is so important to videotape. Just use your phone. I mean, it's you know, even if it's not your dog, um, it, it could be used. You know, if something goes awry. You would want somebody to do that for your dog if it had gotten loose. So the yeah. videotape is the best evidence. Please, you know, if you see these incidents, please please videotape them. And, again, um, if your dog is shot by police, you need to get an attorney. You need to, you know, address the city council, county council, um, and try to, get them to change their procedures regarding dogs. You can do that through um, petitions on change.org. But really the grassroots effort means the most, going to the city council meetings, you know, calling the, the city council members and basically, you know, telling them what happened and 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 doing grassroots
4: activism. Yep. Kristen, do you want to carry on? Can in you box?
6: explain a little bit about what grassroots activism is?
7: Well, it, you know, and and it's you just don't go to the city council meeting and and talk. You know, uh, you need to do a lot of groundwork before that. So it's good to have. It is good to have petitions. You can show them that other people are concerned about their handling. Um, I like to just call up the city council members. You know that you their information is listed. Their phone numbers are listed. And there has been studies that show that politicians, if they just get six phone calls on an issue, will change their vote. So you know, right. because they figured that you know the people who have the guts to call means like a thousand co- people that, that don't have the guts to call that are concerned, so get people in there in the town to to make the phone calls you know, try to set up a meeting if they have an office, or I've even gone to their houses you know and brought cookies, <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know because you oh, work general. I can feel this coming already. Go green and blue, uh, cookie day. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Little dog
7: cookies. Little bone cookies. You know. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Any way you can. But but basically, you know, they're humans too, and, and most of them probably do have dogs. So it's it, it's good. They wouldn't want that to happen to their dog, or they wouldn't if they don't have dogs and they have a kid, they wouldn't want the bullet to ricochet and hit a child so so i think you, there's a lot you can do on the personal level and then go to the city council meeting try to get you know more people don't necessarily wear t-shirts you know dress dress appropriately be polite but ask them to change the policy you know and and the city councils county councils they are over the police so they can tell the police officers you know look you can you need to change this unless your police chief is elected that's Kind of a rarity, but but sometimes they are elected. And if they are elected, um, then you can try to get somebody to run against
4: them. Hmm. Uh, Kristen?
7: Yeah, I've never heard of them being elected before. Um,
6: you,
7: you, know, a, you know, a few places, a few few places, sheriffs might be elected. Yes. Yeah.
2: Here in yeah. Jacksonville, you know, we, have an elect, we have an elected sheriff that's also the chief of police. So he is an elected official here. Yeah. But we're an unusual government.
7: Yeah, and and Jim, I think that gives you the most leeway, because especially around election time, you know, you start this a couple months before their election comes up, then they really right. get the attention. Oh, yeah. Learning
6: all of the dynamics of law enforcement is just crazy. It is way bigger than I think most people know. Did I lose everyone?
7: No, no. No, I
6: I, 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 I agree. It was so dead silent, I thought the phone line died. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I had no idea that we have over 700,000 full-time police officers in the country. That's crazy. That is a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And
2: there's a a lot of different types of agencies. You've got straight county agencies. You've got straight city agencies. In Jacksonville here, we have a consolidated agency where we're both. We're, we're both fish and fowl, and uh, so there's there's a bunch of different different ways they come together too.
6: Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the petitions, really quick. You know, one of the things that we've talked about is trying to um, organize them better so that we're getting signatures on petitions for the proper areas, proper states. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any suggestions on how to do that? Well, you know, I like if you go ahead. Some websites give you like when you sign it, it automatically um puts you into a state petition. You don't get to choose which one. But I don't really know the details on how that works.
7: Yeah, no, it it just depends on the system. Like on change.org if they usually allow anybody to sign, but I think um there might be a way you can select so only the um the state goes the, the mm-hmm. state people go you know the state citizens go to that that entity uh, at best friends we have for our legislative alerts we have a CAPWIS system and we do restrict it so you have to be in that state to take action
4: okay and then okay. um go ahead No, it's okay. I was going to say, if you have got anything else? You've got loads to say, so come on. Yeah,
6: I mean, you know, one of the other things that we have been talking about is, um, you know, the owner responsibility aspect of things and how to address that and um, what things should we, you know, what should be the focus of the owner responsibility aspect of the problem.
7: Well, well, Jim will know this, that I love – the, the new ordinances and statutes that are, are basically reckless owner statutes or problem pet owners ordinances that basically, if you've had a, a dog that's been deemed dangerous on a couple of occasions or you're a dog fighter or a dog abuser, you you know are you can't own a dog in that city or state again for a, a number of years, like maybe five years, ten years. Ohio, um, convicted felons, um, had, uh, three years. After, you know, you can own an unsterilized animal, but you can't own an intact animal for three years after you get out of prison. And I love these statutes and ordinances because that's really a lot of the problem. You know, some people mm-hmm. will teach their dog to be mean, and they will ju- you'll take that dog away, and the authorities will destroy that dog, and they'll just get another dog you know, and teach it to be mean. So I, I like putting the onus on the owners and trying to mm-hmm. um get them to do that. And I think in Hillsborough I know has a responsible pet owners class, kind of like a, a driving class, like if you had an infraction, if your dog's been running at large, then you have to take this class. Which kind that's of that's
6: something makes, else that we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah, it
7: kind of makes sense to me. I mean, Jim, do you know of more of those courses?
2: Um I like them. I know that they're, they're, they're still very rare. Um, uh, for instance, I tried to get one past year in Jacksonville where uh, my, my attitude is if you have, a, a, if your dog bites somebody and it's a reported bite, uh, for instance, you should be given the opportunity to go to a class. If there's a second bite within a per- certain period of time, not doesn't matter how serious, you should be required to go to that class. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and completion of that class. And it also, especially if you have a dog that has been declared legally dangerous, one of the requirements that should be put on you is you should have to go through such a class because here in Florida, if you have a declared dangerous dog and the dog ever bites anybody again for any reason, you have the possibility of going to jail, which I think is a good thing. I do. Um, But I think the training class would be even better because then if if the person says, well, I didn't know such or so-and-so, you go, no, here's the test you took at the end of the class when your dog was declared dangerous. You pass the test, you go to jail, and you lose the the right to own a dog forever or for 10 years or however many years. Mm -hmm. Um, The the new law we passed last session in Georgia, the Georgia Responsible uh, Pet Owners Act, um, has a whole bunch of very good provisions. Uh, the scary thing is that this year already, and the session hasn't even started, we have several bills that have been filed in the state of Georgia trying to whittle away the good that we achieved last year. So yeah. it's it's not something where you can pass something and relax and figure you got it fixed. You've got to stay on it.
7: No, it's, it's true. It's true. And Ohio was the only state in the union that had a breed discriminatory provision, and we were able to get that repealed last year Um, and basically have a nuisance dog, dangerous dog, vicious dog category in that with due process protections for dog owners. Um, But we do have as as part of that law uh, a provision that's similar to the provision in Illinois that convicted felons um, can own any breed of dog they want when they get out, but it can't have its balls. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it has
2: to be neutered, right? You, it, right. Mm-hmm. But part of the Georgia law was that uh, if the dog is declared dangerous, um, the a person convicted of any violent felony, including dog fighting and animal abuse, is not allowed to live in the same household as that dog.
7: Yeah, yeah.
2: Which I think, which I think is, see, and that came up, you know, post yesterday online. You know, it. Pr- Proscribing or prohibiting animals from living in households with, with people who have uh, violent crimes, and I think we need to turn it around and put, again, the responsibility, or like you and I talk about all the time, on the humans. Say, if the dog lives in the house and you're convicted of a violent felony, you can't live in the household with the dog.
7: Not that exactly. the dog can't live
2: there. You can't live in the household with a pet.
7: Yeah, and you know, in, in Illinois, with the provision, they had me train all the Illinois parole agents, and it's part of it's part of the the paperwork now. When a convicted felon of a forcible felony, dog fighting, you know, vicious dog, whatever, gets out of jail, um, they they basically before they are allowed to go on parole and live in a house, one of the questions is, do you have a dog, and is it you know, if so, is it sterilized? You know, if it mm-hmm. isn't sterilized, then, you know, they can't live there or else they have to get the dog sterilized.
2: Yeah, and that's a great provision.
7: Yeah. There's, there's actually a nope. bill moving in Arizona, too, that's, that's somewhat similar that would prevent, um, you know, people convicted of, of bad things from living or residing with dogs. And and I think that made it through the House and is in the Senate, if I remember correctly. But that's, that that is moving now.
2: Yeah, and part of that has to do with that link between human violence and animal violence. Yes. If, a, if a person is violent towards a human, they're very likely to be violent towards an animal. And if you have violence on an animal, you know, we, we now teach animal control officers to start looking for the signs of, of, of spouse or child abuse because if there's one kind of violence it's so often linked with another, as Lady U with both the A and with my uh, best friends have, have done so much work on
7: yeah, you know, and, and the one study that I love from Ohio showed that the, the zip codes with the most dog bites are also the ones with the most incidents of domestic violence. So the dogs could be protecting the person or the dogs could be being abused themselves. So I just thought that was a very, very interesting correlation. Can mm. yeah, you send me that study? study? Um, it, actually, Leslie Ashworth gave it to me, and I don't know if I can find it, but if not, she's in Ohio and she can get it to you. She's great. Okay, great. Thanks.
4: Yeah, sure. Now, now, do you know, what? I actually, and I think I've spoken to you about this, Jim, before. I mean, obviously, during the Lennox situation, we're going a little bit off course here, and I'll fetch you back in a minute. But, you know, I was talking to a lot of people, and they were saying about BSL laws, and people were saying, oh, but we need to end BSL laws. And I'm like, hold on a minute. It's a law. We have a job to get these laws in place, what we want is, it is, and let's face it, the government is not just going to say, oh yeah, we we'll not just delete the BSR law, oh give it a rest, they're not just going to do that, and if they did, let's face it, it would be quite a stressful place to say the least. So I I was sitting there thinking, right, how can we change this? We need something that's going to be an umbrella literally to change loads of different things because the government is in charge of so many things. And actually, if we spoke to the government and they would actually listen, yeah, right. But if they would actually listen, we need something that's going to change the umbrella for all of this abuse, okay? So my what I said was why instead of having BSL can't we have OSL, which would be owner specific legislation, Perfect. and it would it would be the same as a person owning a car. So yeah. we would have good. it where every single dog would have a license, every single dog would be MOTed every single year by a vet, they would all be microchipped, they would all be insured. They would, and If they put insurance, it would be cheap, cheaper for them if they were neutered, because let's face it, most of the time, if they're not neutered, one, they're either being stupid, or two, it's because they're breeding, which they're making money. So why should they have cheaper insurance and cheaper licenses if they're, in fact, making money out of the dogs or whatever? Vaccination yeah, and... Again, and you, pers- you, it's all
2: yeah, you, you and I have spoken about this, and and Lisa and I have talked about this a bunch of times. I've mentioned it with Kristen, is that... Instead of B- BSL, you need behavior-based progressive laws. Behavior-based in that it can apply to any dog, and that that any dog can be yeah. uh, declared dangerous. That and that any owner is held responsible for that dog. But it's also progressive in the fact that you start with a reasonable level uh of correction whether it's a warning or educational whatever but then you step it up quite quickly so that those irresponsible people are held responsible for what their animals are doing rather than just simply addressing the dog because it's like i know you have it in britain and we, we see it here you get somebody for instance even these dog fighters you get them they take we take away all their dogs we deal with the dogs, try and find them places, rehabilitate them, and while we're busting our butts, fixing this bunch of dogs, they've just they've just gone out and loaded up with another group of dogs.
7: Exactly. absolutely. And
2: until they break, currently, until they break the law again, we can't retroactively go back and take the new bunch. I worked yep. at a fatal in West Virginia where there were puppies on the ground, and the puppies hadn't done anything. The father had killed a two-year-old child, and with these six suckers, those puppies went for a premium because their father had killed a, ch- a child. And, um, you know, that, that's a situation where we should have been able to, to do something preemptive, but then yes. also the people who owned the dog that killed the child should have not been allowed to have kept or owned any other animals mm-hmm. because we, we made the case and the man went to prison because of his reckless behavior with that dog.
7: Well, and, you know, and and that's why in Ohio when they got rid of their um, breed discriminatory provision, they enacted, you know, good categories regarding nuisance, dangerous, and vicious dogs, and then, you know, a somewhat watered down reckless owner provision regarding convicted felons. But I think that's where we are heading is, is that reckless owners should not be allowed to own any dog. Responsible owners should be allowed to own whatever breed they choose.
4: You know yeah. yeah now the other the other thing is, and this has been chucked at me a few times now, obviously accidents happen because dogs do get out, you know that can be they break a fence or something happened, the wind blew or whatever, jump me their fence down, but the thing is these dogs are like one year old kids we would not leave our front door open or our back gate open for our one year old child to come out. So but then you get the people that say, oh, but it got out or whatever, but there's got to be some sort of responsibility for this. Now, okay, we're saying that the police are shooting the dogs. You're right, you know, there is times when it shouldn't happen, but then surely a little bit of responsibility is going to be put on these people that have got their dogs out. You, you do have yeah. people have dogs off leads, and they say, oh, but it never leaves my side. Nobody can be 100% guaranteed without no shadow of a doubt that their dog isn't going to see a cat and run after it, or it might smell the butcher's sausages or whatever else it may be, that it's not going to run off.
2: No, and, and you've got to hold people responsible there. What, the ordinance that I had put, up, put in in the county I was in, uh, I liked, and I'm sure there's people who, who probably didn't, but the, what our rule was, okay, anybody can have their dog run loose and, and get away. So the first time your dog was was reported and we could document your dog was running at large or whatever, we actually um, went and said, Sue, Sparky's gotten loose again, and we made sure Sparky got home, and we said, look, don't let Sparky run loose. The second time we had the same the same problem within a specific period of time, you got a ticket. The third time Sparky was loose within a reasonable time period, and it was like six months. The third time Sparky got loose, Sparky was now technically I could seize Sparky and find Sparky a new home because you're not paying attention. It's very similar, Bill Bruce up in Calgary, Alberta has had a very successful program with uh, animal control for years and years, and it's similar to, to what his program is. I said ours was anybody's dog can get loose. They can even get loose a couple of times, and we're going to give you a little bit of a smack. But if you're a repeated, a repeated person that's irresponsible enough to expose your dog to the dangers of running loose, then yep. you don't need to be owning this dog, and we're going to find it another home.
7: Yeah, in in (laughs) Illinois we got a law passed that um, if your dog is is running at large, before you get it back, it has to be microchipped. Second time it's running Mm -hmm. at large, it has to be sterilized, you know, or you don't get it back, you know. So at least, um, you know, because you want to be able to track these dogs. I mean, it makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, we did the microchip for, for the first time so we could verify that it was the same dog. And the third time we took the dog, and in the time I was there, I only had to threaten two people, and we only had to seize one animal because everybody went, oh, my God, they're, they can yep. take Sparky, and that yep. got their attention. And, yep. yes, the dog we seized was readopted to another family, and we never saw it again.
4: Yep. Do you know what, saying that, I think that's a fantastic idea, because I'm thinking in the UK, I mean, when I'm saying about the OSL and, and all this, and, and I was saying about maybe we could have points on, on the license, so if, they, if their dog got up once, they'd lose three points, and they had 12 points to start off with. If your dog bites something or whatever, uh, you know, then th- that would be another thing. But what you, like what you're saying, like when they get out and stuff, and I've just lost my train of thought totally, but let's just go back to the 12 points, it, firstly, it's like it can be three points if they first get out. Second time is, is another three points and and all that sort of thing. But I think, like we, you say in the UK, if the dog warden picks them up, they get a charge, and people do whinge because they get charged for the dog being picked up. Well, it shouldn't have been out. Second thing is, what a fantastic idea. If they had to have that fine that incorporated with that, their dog was neutered. Fantastic idea.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, And uh, like I said, it, and it goes back to holding the right end of the leash responsible.
4: Yeah.
8: With those
2: people, and, and one of the things I love about Calgary, if you have a licensed dog in Calgary and he's picked up, they immediately identify it. They call you and say, Sue, we got Sparky. Are you at home? Oh, no, you're not at home. You're at work. Okay. Mr. Jones next door is your other contact. We're going to bring Sparky back to you. And they bring him back. And they give you some educational materials and say, Sue, this is not safe for Sparky. You need to do this and this. The next yeah. time, as, long as you know, if it's fairly soon, they're back and they're going, they, they get Sparky back to you and they say, let me help you go through your backyard and find out where Sparky's getting loose. Then, yeah. after they've gone through the education, they drop the hook on you. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And combining that with um, perhaps the progressive ability to finally take Sparky away if you prove you're, you're irresponsible is a way to go. And, and this is one of the things I'm looking forward to discussing uh, in April with the RSPCA and the Metropolitan Police and, and the DDA officers while I'm over there in the, in the U.K.
7: Yeah. Well, yeah, because we all want safe communities for people and pets. I mean, that's, that, that's the name of the game. Exactly. Yeah. Too.
9: I. I would say. Um. Also, with with Nordy and Bailey, my two dogs that were picked up. You know, just on Monday. You know, that's what they did with me. Um. Bailey, uh, was due for her shot, so they had, you know, had me give her her shot. They both had to be microchipped, and of course, I got charged for that, which, you know, that was my fault. They did get out, and I did get charged for all of that. You know, and that and they did give me those tips. You know, to. You know, this is why we're doing this, and, you know, if she comes back, you know, things that, that would happen. And that was the first time that the dogs had gotten out, but they did um, they did do that, you know. I, I do got to say that. They they, they chipped them. They, you know, they gave me, um, you know, some tips on, on, you know, how to keep them in the gate and stuff like that and what to watch for but they did give me a charge, and that hit me in the pocketbook, and it made me definitely think, and, and you know, then this tragic happens three days later.
4: Yeah,
9: yeah. But, um, um,
4: sorry, I just need to um, fetch um, Eddie in on the show as well. Hi, Eddie. Um, we'll fetch you on in a minute. We'll, we'll just leave you live there a minute, okay?
8: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
4: um, now, I want to go to you, Kim, for a minute, because I feel like we're going off the dogs being shot by police um, subject. We're leaving it behind somewhere. What do you think that we need to do to step up this? Do you think that training is going to be enough by what you've seen with with what happened with your dogs? Do you think training the police is going to be enough?
9: I I hope so. And, you know, there's there's things that I've thought of, too, as far as, like, you know, they train the animal control officers, to handle a dog when they're caught and maybe they could have, you know, just a few officers that were trained that same particular way and have them on duty at different particular shifts in case of a dog call or you know um something like that or more training, you know, again I I'm not now I will be but I haven't been up on, you know, dog training for for for, you know, officers who may come across a dog, you know, now I'm going to be more into it. Um, But I do definitely think, I mean, it's not, you know, him being fired and my dog being gone isn't going to stop some other officer from doing it if they don't have training. So I definitely think that that's what's, you know, going to change things and and make the difference.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, um, do you know what, I've got so many things going on here. I'm trying to juggle the switchboard and everything else, and I'm just lost at each other's goal again. Um, okay. Kristen, uh, have you got any questions you want to put out? On? Yeah,
6: um, one of the other things is when it comes to state laws, you know, state laws and even local laws um, will have, um, you know, they'll they'll say if if you see a dog chasing another domestic animal, you can shoot it, or um, you know, they'll say. They'll give they'll say if a, if a dog is aggressive, displays aggression, that you can take these steps, but like for you know, they rarely give definitions of like what is aggression or things like that. And you know, and with something as simple as chasing another domestic animal being grounds for shooting, I almost wonder if those laws need to be changed first because if I mean, dogs chase. I mean, my dogs chase each other all
7: the time. They shouldn't be shot for it. I mean, <laughs> I'm not scary. really sure, you know. Yeah, Kristen, that that's going to be a harder fight because a lot of those laws are tied into livestock. Like, you know, you have the right to kill livestock. Or if a dog is chasing livestock, you have the right to kill it. And while I don't agree with that, I mean, the Farm Bureau here in the U.S. has a very huge lobby, and they do not yeah. like changing that. So I think it's easier to get... The police training laws passed actually, then to get those changed at this point in time.
6: So there wouldn't be an interference. I mean, I, I know, like in Missouri, we have specific laws saying if they chase sheep, and then it's, you know, separate ones for domestic animals. Um, I just, I guess, to me, I just wonder if it will still be legally allowed um, to shoot. You know, if they just say the dog was chasing something, regardless of training, I guess that's where I'm going with it. Will will it still be um, legally okay then? You know,
7: well, or they, do, they, do they, they follow
6: any different statutes?
7: I mean, you know, under those laws, they can shoot the your your dog, and you can still sue them. I mean, you know, basically for damages. So, mm-hmm. and and depending. You know, like in in Illinois, you can the law is is, is good. You can sue them under sixteen point three. You know, um, for for killing your animal, um, and in some states, not so much. And in Illinois, you can get things like an emotional distress, vet expenses. You know, um, those sorts of attorneys' fees, court costs. Most states um, do not have that.
9: Is that a federal or? or? No, no.
7: It, this is just oh. in Illinois. Um and it's under um five ten ILCS five slash sixteen point three. I put it in the chat.
9: Okay, thank you.
4: Go on, Kristen?
7: So okay. So then with
6: um I guess something that came up was the revoking of laws that are put in place. I think Jim brought that up that something they put in place got challenged afterwards. Um is that right, Jim?
2: I'm sorry, I, I, I missed you. What did you say, Kristen?
6: Did you say that a bill that you guys put
7: in place is not being challenged? Or is he doing I think he the, means it's being whittled away. They're trying to amend. Right. Correct.
2: Yeah. The, the, the uh, Georgia Responsible Pet Owners Law that we had finally put in last year, after uh, three long years of work by some very dedicated people, um, and I think leading may have had some input on that too. Um, uh, there, there's now been uh, two amendments put forward, one of which, for instance, would uh, that, that we're trying to fight, would say that um, if a person owns a dog that kills uh, a person or injures them seriously, that if they simply give up the dog, they could no longer be prosecuted. Okay. And that's just nuts.
6: Okay, so coming on back. Okay, so but so then my I guess then the best ask the best way to go would be addressing the training boards because then you don't have to worry about the laws getting revoked later on, right?
2: Yeah, well addressing well, the training and then the, board would would be would be critical, but then you, again the my the reason for mentioning that was just as a caveat to everybody that just when you get just because you get something past this year, you can't relax because next year some fool is liable to come along trying to trying to knock the the pieces off of what you've accomplished to get it back to whatever you know whatever baseline okay. you you may have started at or even worse.
7: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 what ha- and the legislation is it, it's, it's always in flux. So, um, like we we got a very good provision passed in Illinois that um, cities cannot enact breed discriminatory laws. And then there was a horrible incident, and there were five bills filed that would would have banned like. 12 breeds of dogs in the state of Illinois oh it, it was crazy and so we were able to get um a the, the convicted felons can on and sterilized dogs bill passed um at, you know basically because we were able to convince them that this was indeed the problem so um so so basically a lot of times um, even though there might be some horrible things out there, if you can mobilize people and try to get them to pass a reckless owner bill or convicted felons bill, that um, you know that is very very helpful.
4: Okay. Go on, Kristen. I know you're dying. Carry on. <laughs> Well, I mean,
6: well, now my brain is starting to spin because I'm thinking long term and I'm starting to make new plans already. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) Let me think. Um, I guess another thing would be uh, accountability. And, you know, because, you know, we don't want to just, well, we don't really want to just stop at the training, you know. Um, One of the other things would be, you know, in the future how would, police officers be held accountable um, for, um, oh, actually, I think Eddie's probably going to want to say something about this, Um, (laughs) but, you know, how how will they be held accountable? What would the oversight be in determining on a case-by-case basis? Does something else need to be, I mean, How do you ensure that the oversight is adequate when assessing the cases, I guess, is where I'm going? I mean, sometimes they're, I mean, I don't even think they really do an investigation. I think they just read the reports and say, okay, it's justified. I mean, you know, because it's just so ridiculous sometimes that there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else. But I wouldn't even know where to, you know, to begin really. But you would think that at least after training, there would be the option to hold them accountable, right?
2: Yeah, you pretty much. You, you know, like Lady said, you 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 should go definitely get an attorney to uh, to look after your interests. And uh, if it's a department that's really bona fide on board with uh, correcting problems, then the. Uh, having the training in there and and making it clear what the officers are supposed to do is actually gonna make it easier, like uh one person was saying, for the department to go, We've been trying to get rid of this guy, now we have a a, a way to blast him out of here and, and move those bad eggs along. Um well it's like it's, it's gonna be the outside legal system just like it is with anything else, whether it's uh um arrests or civil rights cases or whatever that's ultimately going to have to uh, hold police departments responsible and make sure they're doing their jobs
6: okay so in maryland after the mayor's um dogs were shot by police after i think it took two years of um time in court but they got it passed so that each shooting anytime a dog is shot by a police officer it has to be reviewed by the governor um you know, to review if you know for accuracy and things of that nature. I don't know what criteria they use in that evaluation, um, but I guess I'm curious about it, you know how 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 we did it. I guess you know, and how to enforce something like that, and what is the likelihood? Is that a really hard fight? Um,
2: is it lady, a good idea?
6: Is it even a good idea?
2: What do you think, lady? is lady
4: there uh good question Mother? I'm sorry, I was on mute <laughs> oh. <laughs> what,
2: what do you think about accountability for, uh, mechanisms lady what's your what's well, your idea? I, do th-
7: I I do think that reviews are very good. I do think police departments rubber stamp it so if you had an independent you know um body doing the review and impartial counsel so to speak that would make sense to me um and i think that's what you want i'm i i still think you know you you don't want to give up your right to, to sue obviously uh, and to no. to ask for other things but i do think any any sort of review is good right now what i'm seeing is what you're seeing Kristen. is, is that they rubber stamp them? it's like oh well he felt threatened so he could blow the dog away And and that's just Mm -hmm. bull. I mean, it just you know, granted, that's kind of where they think they are now. But I think they're starting to wake up that uh, they they can blow the dog away, but they are going to get their department sued and maybe sued personally.
6: Yeah, and you know, and by giving and by always saying that they felt threatened, they were here for their lives, and then you look at these annual um, discharge weapons reports that show dogs were the number one target of lethal force, well, that that draws the conclusion that dogs are the number one threat to the safety of law law enforcement officers in the United States, which we all know is ridiculous because we have gangs running around with guns and, you know, whatnot. Um, You know, and I don't know if maybe they don't understand the perception that that gives when your number one target are dogs.
7: Yeah and, and 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 I do think it is changing because our relationship with dogs has changed you know our relationship yeah. with pets has changed you know it's not you know like we don't view them just as property anymore they're you know they're family members now and and Absolutely. I think you know and I think the the police department has not caught up with the reality and and the fact that you want your community to trust the police you know, Absolutely. they want they want the trust. They want you to call if, you know, you see a bad guy. They want, you know, you to rat out somebody if they're dealing drugs in your neighborhood. And mm-hmm. the fact that if they shoot your dog, it is going to undermine any trust that you have in the police department. And that's very, very bad for them on all sorts of levels. So I think that's, you know, where we can really focus on them because, they, you know, they don't like to enforce the immigration laws because they know that, you know, it, 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 people don't trust them then and they won't report crimes. Well, if you shoot somebody's dog, it, it's going to have the same effect. And, and I think that's where we can at least talk to the, the police culture and they understand that, that communities really do need to trust their officers. Can I, yeah, can community
6: I, relations would so, be probably the biggest, you know, tactic to use, you know, when addressing them would be, you know, is what I've kind of concluded from everything. Um, and, you know, it's people that should up You know, it's, it's not dogs. Dogs aren't to sweat. And um, I think working on community relations could go a long way to keeping
7: everyone safe,
8: you know, yes.
7: everyone involved. It's, it's community policing, and the good departments do community policing. They get, you know, they they get to know their neighbors. They get to know their neighbors' dogs. Um, it's, it's the people that never get out of their squad car except maybe to stop and and shoot a dog <laughs> that are the problem. Yeah, I saw a
6: suggestion from someone a while ago where she asked if there was a way to like have a. Meet our dogs day, where you know the cops would be there, and everyone could bring their dogs and introduce them to them, and you know, you know, just have some sort of um, greeting process to maybe, you know, make make that bond a little stronger, make them see that they don't have to be scared or whatnot. I, I don't. I've never heard of it being done, but I thought it was a really neat idea.
7: I, I love that idea. I mean, if, especially you know, like granted, Jim knows this. We don't have beat cops that much anymore. Some departments are going back to them, but I mean, back in the day, the beat cops would know whose dog it is, you know? Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. When I first went, when I first went on, I knew on my beat, even though you know we no longer walked them, we drove them. I knew pretty much where where the dogs on my beat live. Because you knew your area. I also knew which businesses were open late, and if I didn't see a clerk, I knew that there was a problem because the clerk was always where I could see them. But unfortunately, we're now, whether through size or policing um, priorities or whatever, you no longer have your neighborhood cops.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
6: Oh, Jeffrey Justice is back. You guys, Jeffrey Justice is the perfect example of um, grassroots activism, how you should present yourself, methods of presenting yourself. He is absolutely amazing. Um, he calls police chiefs, he calls lawyers for advice. He, you know, um, he actually shows up at council meetings and gives talks. And we have one on recording that I'll post in a minute. Um, you know, he has just done so much and he's doing a lot for the Chloe case right now Um, you know if he notices that an owner is struggling and having a hard time he'll contact you know he'll send someone to check on him and I mean he's just he's really great Um, and I know that I mean I think that Jeffrey would be you know great if he would come online and tell us more about what he does (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Howling Jeffrey, Pauling, Jeffrey. Um, but he's probably one of the he's one of the most active people that I know in um advocating for solutions of dogs being shot by police um, and you know most people don't even know about him. He does everything behind the scenes, he never wants recognition um, but you know, I think he has a lot to offer in telling you know giving people suggestions on how to address themselves. You know, even for me, he said, before you speak in front of a council, you practice it because you have to be able to say it in under three minutes, you know, and you need to practice it and have it down and um, (laughs) things like that. Yeah, he does a really great job.
4: Right, talking of great jobs, I need to fetch somebody else in. I'm sorry, I feel like I'm trying to squeeze everybody in here, but I need you all to communicate and all to get together, so I need to fetch you all in. Okay, so move up to the room, everybody. Um, welcome, Annie, to the show. How are you doing, Annie?
0: Hi, good, thank you.
4: Now, you do, Now, I'm right if I haven't got this mixed up, you do the Facebook page?
0: Yeah, I'm the main moderator for a Facebook page called Mr. Policeman, um, Don't Shoot My Dog. Oh hi Annie. Okay. Hi.
4: <laughs> so so tell everybody how your page started and um you know, anything else you want to add to our show?
0: Well, basically it was actually started by um another girl, um, Rachel, who saw the story. She lives in Washington DC. She saw the story about Parrot. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Parrot. He was terrible, he was a rescue case. dog. Yeah, terrible case. Anyway,
8: um, he, he
0: was a rescue dog who was at a festival with his foster dad and he got into an altercation with a smaller dog um there's mixed reports about which dog started it but at any rate the smaller dog was bitten but not terribly so i mean he did have to go to bed but at any rate at the time um the dogs were separated by their owners Perry's foster dad had him under control and an officer came along grabbed the dog from him sat on him literally put his knee into the dog's back picked the uh. dog up and threw him down a stairwell and then shot him plain blank Sorry, <laughs> the case gets me a little emotional still. um. Anyway, so Rachel got very upset about that. She started the page primarily because of that case and then found that there were other cases. I was one of the original members of the page and pointed out several other cases to her that I had already seen because I'm a, I'm a pit bull advocate, so I see a lot of pit bulls being shot. Um, and I have a lot of Pitbull pages on my feed so that I see these cases come up. Um, and she asked me to become the co mod with her, and um, I've sort of taken over as she's sort of stepped back more and more off the page. And we also have another co moder Denise, who is the main moderator for the Dog Shop by
6: Police page, which is a sister page of ours. Love her.
4: Thanks, yeah, She's great. Thanks, Yeah. And, uh,
6: and actually, and you
4: know, um, go ahead. No, okay. Come on.
6: Um, I just wanted to make a comment about the parrot case. It is prob it probably I for whatever reason, I mean, I have a physiological response to that specific case and I I actually can't visit the Mr. i Don't Shoot My Dog page because it's on the cover <laughs> and every time. I mean, it's just it it's just So, so upsetting. And that picture, I just want to grab that man and throw him off that dog every time, you know. (laughs) Um, And I feel like I start suffocating when I see it, you know, because it's like, that dog can't breathe. What are you doing? Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to make that comment. It's a very emotional case. Yeah. And did anything come up up that case?
0: Um, Basically, no. It was, from what we've been able to to find out, it it, it ended basically being sent to the district attorney, um and after that it kind of just disappeared it was sent to the state district attorney and for investigation and after that it just sort of disappeared off the radar we haven't been able to find any more information about it
4: Huh. gosh it, so
0: how he was never suspended nothing ever happened to him and everybody carried on as if nothing had happened so which happens in most cases most of the cases where they investigate it internally Nothing happens. They investigate it and say it was justified. Too bad. And nothing happens. The officers, nothing happens ever. Yeah,
6: so. the memorial video of Parrot. I, you know, I nicknamed Parrot the dog with a thousand smiles. I have never seen a dog yeah. with so many smiles before. I <laughs> mean, awesome, awesome dog.
4: So can I just ask Annie? I, I, you know, obviously you've seen the page growing. Do you feel like that the, the police it has gone more with police shootings, or do you feel it's just because of the fact that the social network is make helping us to get it out there more?
0: We've had a number of members ask us that same question um I think it's sort of a it, it may be a combination of um several factors, one of the main ones being that yes they are more they are more out in the open now like we we get videos of them we get news reports of them. Our members post reports constantly for us from small communities all over the country that we would never know about otherwise. So a lot of it is that the social networking framework and the, inter- the Internet has made these cases much more visible and easy to track and find. Um, yeah. I think that also the, the, the whole one of the, prob- one of the things that I refer to is, is that a lot of dogs are shot for being pit bull, whether they're a pit bull or not. They're shot because they were a pit bull we see cases over and over and over again where an officer says, it was a pit bull, so I shot it. You know, there was a case of a, of a border collie who was actually one of the people who got some of the Fort Worth um, or some of the Texas uh, policy changes made. Her dog, Willie, is a border collie and was shot because the officer said, I thought it was a pit bull. That was in the news report that we had on a page. I thought it was a pit bull, and he shot her dog, who was a border collie. So I think part of the problem is because there's so much... Negative stereotyping about pit bulls and large breed dogs like Rottweilers and other mastiff breeds—that they are shot almost on sight merely because of their appearance. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the media frenzy over pit bull attacks, I think, feeds into the fears the officers already have about dogs
7: yeah and and we need to teach officers that all dogs are individuals, you know and they exactly. need to be judged yeah. on their own character and the it, but but it it can but you're right it is like it's open season on on pit bull yeah. carriers and however it, it, we just
0: had a sorry i mean to we sure. just had a case posted yesterday that an 18 pound rat carrier was shot by a US marshal as he came home from came home in at night late at night got out of his car and the dog came out from a bush his neighbor's dog in an apartment complex, came out from a bush. An 18-pound rat terrier barked at him, and he shot it. I mean, it's an 18-pound terrier. Yes, they're annoying. But is it? Re- are you really in fear for your life that you need to use a gun on the dog?
7: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's ludicrous. It's you know. It, but but people do think that it's you know just because they see a pit bull because of all the the media bias involved yes. regarding pit bull yes. terriers that um it's it, it's really really tragic.
4: Exactly. Exactly. But the thing is, I mean, I must admit that I, I had, um my head's just gone, uh, I'll admit Chief Shepherd, on the show, and I must admit, I called him out on the show because his words were, as far as I was concerned, and when I was listening to the show, uh, listening to him talking on the show, that he was discriminating pit bulls. You cannot... That's like me saying... Well, I'm sorry, Kristen. You spoke in a certain way, so I'm gonna shoot you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you walked to me in a certain way, so I'm going to shoot you. I I you called me something, so I'm going to shoot you. That's as ridiculous well, as what you can't just look at a dog and say, Well, it's a pit bull, I'll shoot you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's, it's well, a satisfit bull terrier so it must be dangerous. That's never that's yeah. never right.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's basically dog racism, is what it is. it's, exactly. it's you know, breedism completely.
7: Yeah, and 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 you know, and again, the, when they call it breed-specific legislation, there is nothing specific about it. I mean, you know, no. the, right. the, the The studies show that they are wrong in seventy-five percent of the case of, of guessing uh, a dog's heritage. So you know, so but so I'm the sorry.
0: Veterinarians, even a vet can't identify a pitbull on site most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> you
7: know. Exactly. And it, it doesn't matter. I mean, all dogs, like all people, are individuals and, and it's just it's
4: just ridiculous. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And and it really it really is
0: earlier on your show you were talking about, you know, I, I love Jim who is who does the training course and I would love to get some information about his course. Um, I was I've been thinking about trying to get a courses similar to that train, um started here, even if I have to do it myself for our local police in Long Beach. We've had a couple of dog shootings here and there, um but Thankfully, most of our officers seem to be fairly level-headed in this city most of the time. I've actually spoken to a couple of them while I'm walking dogs, which is what I do for a living, um, and talked to them about this issue. And because they were senior officers and tended to be a little bit more laid back and were dog lovers, you know, they, they expressed the opinion that it, it tends to be the more rookie officers who are quicker to draw their gun in any situation, um, most especially with dogs. So I, I love that Jim is talking about, you know, explain, talk, teaching the officers with a dog what dog behavior looks like, what dog communication looks like. Because I teach that to people every day. I teach it to, you know, little kids who come running up to the dogs I'm walking. Like, whoa, whoa, this is how you do it. <laughs> this is how you safely approach a dog. I've taught it to my clients so that their kids don't get bit by their dog because they're hugging the dog and the dog is trying to give them signals to back away. Yeah. Um, you know, just mm-hmm. basic basic dog language will tell you everything you need to know about what that dog is thinking and what it may or may not want to do to you right now. Dogs will tell you very clearly yeah. before they bite you that I feel like biting you right now, you know.
2: Yeah. And 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 it's you I, I can, with your I can body back that, Yeah, I can Go back ahead. that up completely because, you know, I've handled, what, 34 dogs now that have killed human beings. And people say, oh, the dog just went off. It didn't give me signals. I'm sorry. That's, I'm yeah, seeing that's, perfectly clear so signals. Many, yeah. And the, the dog and I are having a perfect conversation here. There's no problem.
0: Yeah. I've seen that story so many times in the pit media, you know, news stories. And I'm like, that's crap. A dog always gives you signals ahead of time. Your problem is that you're not listening to what he's saying. There is not a, is not a single dog on this planet it doesn't, unless it has some sort of neurological defect that just suddenly snaps and turns on its owner. That doesn't
2: well, happen. But it does, every once in a while you've got the Jeffrey Dahmers and the, and the John Wayne Gacy's of yeah. the dog world. And I've well, seen again, a couple again, of them, but still their body language is have, wrong. Yeah, exactly, their, their
0: body the, language so I have, Sorry. <laughs> I was yeah, working the, with them for several years, and I, I've i seen a couple of dogs who literally had actual neurological issues yeah. that mm-hmm. caused them to just literally randomly lash out. Can rage yeah. it's a rage twice in my yeah. like 20 I, plus years of working with dogs. Have I seen dogs that had neurological problems that caused that? Otherwise, yeah,
2: um, they they yeah. will tell you. <laughs> right, they, they they all they almost absolutely positively almost tell you the 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 only the only one that I've actually seen that didn't tell me was actually a Springer with rage syndrome. Yeah,
0: and, and that was problem, and that that's a yeah, a I seizure. Have, that's I saw as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's, that's one a ones feature like in the aggression Right, Yeah, exactly, but, uh, and, and it, it is no. often
0: caused by certain medications. So.
2: Right, but but I'll agree with you that it, even though the communication may be subtle and may be very quick, if you know what you're it's looking there. for, it's there.
0: Yeah, and that's there. the problem. We just need snap. to teach police officers to look for the communication, but not just to read the dog's body language communication, but to use their own body language to communicate to the dog. You know, mm-hmm. as, as one of the gyms was saying earlier when he was an animal control officer, he's walked right up to a to a dog that six officers were on their cars terrified of, and he's walked up and put a leash on it because he understood how to talk to that dog.
2: Right, exactly. That's how I can put hands on dogs that have killed human beings And everybody else. I, I've literally had people when I have handled the dogs up in Philadelphia that were implicated in a killing I'm walking the dog through a kennel on, on a leash, and he's fine with me. And people, kennel workers, are jumping into closed, <laughs> empty kennels and slamming the doors to stay away from the <laughs> dogs. They're so afraid. I, I didn't have a problem. I took him out. We had a great time, and he actually got out. He, we actually, I actually took him out in the play yard, and we played for the first time he'd ever been in the sunshine in a year. Yeah.
7: So, yeah,
2: yeah it's, 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 but- the communication is vital there.
7: It is yeah. it is and and dog related fatalities are such a rarity. I mean they really they are. are, you know, compared to we have to what 72 million dogs in the United States and there's like about 30 fatalities every year. I mean that's oh, yeah, That's actually, you know, the relationship is one that is working. We have to remember that. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: And it's worked for 60,000 years. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's probably exactly. the
7: first
0: domesticated animal they've been with us almost since the start of human history
4: you know what, can I just also say, I mean, I've, I have to speak about my miracle on every single show, because she's a Rottweiler, she was rescued at 14 weeks old, weighing under 4 kilos, right, and I had not had a Rottie before, and me and her have learnt together different things, and I also want to say that each dog is individual, because all different yeah. dogs have different traits. Now, with my Rottie, she obviously was abused, she was underfed and everything, she got very spoiled, And she had issues with certain things, one being she was kicked, I think, kicked and all sorts by um, a young lad who used to wear a baseball cap, who I saw as I was getting her from this house, and she absolutely was petrified, and she showed nervous aggression because of a person in a um, baseball hat. Now, the thing is with Rotties is you can be stroking them and I can stroke her and I can grab her on the neck and she does like a growling or as as Rottweilers people call it, it's like purring because they're showing their affection, they talk to you in a way. Now, if I showed a, to a police officer or anybody how she growls and play fights with me, everybody jumps six foot back and says, ooh, I don't like Rottweilers, they're dangerous. She, she's not dangerous. She would lick you to death. She'd be more frightened of what you're going to do to her than the other way back. And the more worst breed that I know is actually the human race itself. Now, well, and that's,
0: that's, that's part of the thing is that somebody who's experienced around dogs, I can tell just from listening. I don't even have to see a dog. I can tell from listening whether that's a, 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 a warning growl, I'm not happy with you, I may bite you right now, or a, a hey, let's play tiger <coughs> water growl. You know, <coughs> exactly. I mean, they, they have different tones. Their barks have different tones. Alert, you know, a stranger alert bark is far different from a play, play, play with me bark. You
4: know, exactly. And then I've got another dog called Nervous, which obviously he was nervous. Even from a pup, he was nervous. And people laugh. You know, they question me because I've got I've got four children. Nervous is always being nervous. You can't step over him. You have to walk around him. If you go to step over him, he jumps 6,000 feet and and you trip over him. So you always have to walk around him. It's a respect thing. Now, I brought my kids up that they respect the dogs. The dogs respect them. They're on a level, okay? My dogs have... Nervous will growl, but it's a sign saying, excuse me, I don't quite like that right now. I don't go and say, hey, whoa, you don't do that. No, that's my dog telling my kids, excuse me, but I don't like that right now. My kids well, know. Well,
0: that's, that's what a growl is. To me, people, especially exactly. officers, you know, a dog barks or growls at them, and they immediately assume that the dog is literally about to rip their throat out. Hey.
4: Exactly. However.
0: I- a growl and a bark is a warning. It's telling you, what? I don't like you. You're scaring me. You're freaking me out. Could you please back away from me now?
4: Now the funny no. part is, when nervous growls at my kids, I don't tell the dog off for growling. I tell my kids off because what are they doing to the dog?
0: Well, another thing that your dog is doing what he's supposed to. He's growling. He's giving them a warning. He's saying, Hey, exactly. hey, you don't like it. Stop! Exactly. Stop doing what you're no, doing. Don't like it. Which is very polite in dog language. A growl is yep. saying, mm-hmm. "I'm letting <laughs> you know that I don't like this before I have to take further measures."
4: I'm just going it, to say that my kids aren't. Words. My kids aren't. Sorry, my kids aren't nasty to the dogs. It could be that <coughs> maybe they're sat in the chair and nervous was already on the chair and they just like, oh, just like were sitting too okay. close and he doesn't like it. It's not. My kids are animal lovers, they're animal advocates and everything. It's not the fact that they're being nasty to him in any way. My, my kids would be mortified. Do you know what I mean? So it's just that they love them very much. But obviously nervous is just nervous. And he's been like this from a pup. It, it was, it, I didn't rehome him purposely because I knew nobody else could understand him. But it's like we've said... There's so many different traits of different dogs. You can tell by their eyes, the way they look at you sometimes. It can be how they hold their head in a certain way and look at you, or they look away from you. But a lot of this is common sense. It's not that you need training. A lot of it's common sense.
0: Well, it's common sense if you're familiar with dogs. Unfortunately, a lot of people aren't familiar with dogs and how, even people who own dogs. I have clients who who own their dogs who haven't got a clue what their dog is saying, and I'm explaining to them this is what your dog is trying to tell you. And they're like, oh, exactly. oh, that's what the problem is. Like, exactly. You're not hearing what the dog's telling you. The dog's been telling you this for a long time, and you're not hearing it. So
8: exactly. this is what
0: they're saying. So you just need to then change how you interact with them appropriately because this is what they're saying. And they're like, oh, okay, good. And, I mean, I'm hoping to God that I've kept a lot of kids from being fixed because I've explained to them how to deal with a dog. Now, if I could just explain to police officers the same thing that kids readily listen to me about. That would be fantastic, <laughs> you know. For one thing, the entire persona of a police officer, they're taught to be intimidating. They're taught to have this chest up, shoulders up, puppy chest, you know, very straightforward, very intimidating sort of stance because that's what works on humans. It doesn't, yep. however, work with dogs. What that yep. does to dogs is provoke a confrontation.
4: Exactly. Rather than, exactly. Rather than
0: de-escalating the situation, the entire sort of of uh, a body language that a police officer normally has escalates the situation with a dog.
4: Exactly, exactly. Now, I'm sorry, everybody, I've got to keep moving on to the next callers because I've still got four callers waiting on hold here as well. And I've also got to fetch in, of course, Um, fetch Eddie in first. Hi, Eddie, how are you doing? Oh, pretty good.
1: Thank you very much.
4: It's quite all right. Now, uh, obviously, I'm trying to get through callers, but I, I've obviously wanted you on because you've obviously doing a lot of work behind the scenes, and we've had you on the show before. So, uh, anything you want to add to all of this, Eddie?
1: Oh uh, well, that's. I mean, body language is. Uh, oh, it, it's it's so so important, and I keep on telling people. Uh, I, I I can't stress it a, a enough. I, I, until people, dog owners and police officers. Until they begin to understand how a canine sees his world around him, then and only then will they realize and learn how they how why they react the way they do. And you know, your you, your your uh, your guests have have touched about uh, uh, about this a couple of times. I caught in uh, in the programming is you know uh, they they read your body language, right? So how much more should not we give them the same courtesy and being able to read their body language and, uh, you know, uh, as some might mistake an aggression for just something else is really, really not uh, fair uh, to the dog. And, and in any incident, you know, we shouldn't allow or let the dog uh, make the decision. You know, it, it's the human that is supposed to control the situation. And this is where police officers uh, extremely uh lack this. this is what we're we're we're, we're trying to uh, address uh through uh you know tr- getting training uh for them ex- expert training you know you have jim jim uh, uh, osario and 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 um your other guest uh uh crosby jim crosby there and these are the people that are, are, are qualified. And uh, I, I wish that uh, more and more uh, police departments, and, uh, you know, it, it's got to start start somewhere. Uh, and, you know, Cindy had reached out to me earlier. When the incident happened, I didn't know. I never brought up uh, the, situ- uh, the story about her dog. I didn't know. Um, and if I do know, I never bring it up unless they want to talk about it. But she got in touch with me because... She says that the the chief health said wanted to get a training, uh, but they didn't see anything in the country but Monroe County. And I had just uh, recently at that time had petitioned them. Um, Lita had mentioned to reach out to uh, change.org, which I did, and we were getting like uh, 200 signatures an hour. Uh, In three days we got 8,000 signatures, you know, Uh, and I was able to, uh, petitioned them and requested a training for officers. Uh, they're using, you know, what comes to mind always is the budget, the budget, what they have. That was the first thing that they came out, and they're using the Humane Society uh, trainers. But it's got to be more than that. It's got to be in that training, uh, you know, uh, uh, the presentation live, because uh, you do more in, in that type of uh, uh uh, training aspect than uh, if you were the video. Video has its its right in its Ooh. own content, ah. in its own content. But it, it can't be just a video training or or, or, or written documentation training. You know, it's got to be a comprehensive uh, eight hour. As a of, you know, after all, uh, you, you're you're trusting your your safety and your pets, po- uh, your property. To an officer that has a gun, so you know, I mean, eight uh, hours—it's minimal uh, in expectation.
4: Exactly.
0: Yeah, I really agree that that the training that they have—I mean, a two-hour course is a start—but I don't think that it's, as you were saying, fully comprehensive enough to really get officers to understand that. How, not only how a dog is, is communicating to them but how to communicate back to the dog in order to defuse the situation and be able to handle the dog without having to use lethal force I mean most of the time really you can, you can deal with a dog without even having to get to pepper spray but certainly you have far more tools than a gun at your disposal you know exactly. it really really shouldn't have to get to lethal force exactly. that, that should be the first exactly. resort that should be the absolute last resort And there are so many other steps that can be taken between that. And I I don't think that a a couple hours of, you know, showing pictures or reading a book is really going to get across to officers, you know, that this is how dogs communicate and this is how you need to communicate back to them. And these are the tools that you can use in order to handle the situation without legal force.
1: Exactly, and you know what, Lita had mentioned something, As uh, by the way, if she's still on, uh, immediately after I got, I, got the, I got that information from one of our members in the group, Canine Partners of Monroe County, we're on Facebook, and she was from Australia, and she said, Eddie, here, I know you're going to like this, and I got this information from Australia, okay, and, and and I noticed Lita's name on there. I immediately sent that to, to the Sheriff's Department, okay, so, the, and he had, he had something to begin with. I, he didn't get back with me on this, but I'm going to deliver a hard copy. You know, because that says it all. What hit me uh, immediately was about th- the explanation of the bite, of the bite inhibition. You know, uh, dogs, their, their mouths are like human fingers. They use it for everything, to pick things uh, up and everything. And if you ever notice them at play, uh, they're using their mouths. To the human, it's a bite, but to them, it's play. You see, so until we learn these things from uh, the perspective of a dog, you know, of course, then you can modify uh, behaviors. You, there's always room for modification because every dog needs training from puppyhood up to adulthood. They all need training. That's that's the canine. Uh, they all protect uh, their territory, their property, no matter what size, what breed. That it's built in them. It's that's from, uh like you said, five thousand years ago. That's, Bible yeah, that's, times. that's hardwired. Uh, <laughs> Yes, exactly, exactly. And, you know, we we had meter readers here in our city that get trained. These meter readers go to the very same houses that the police officers go and encounter dogs. But we haven't had an incident where it comes, because it come on the news. I mean, if if it happens to be a pit bull, it's, it's the first yeah. thing that comes on the news. So they go to the very same inner city houses that, these, as a matter of fact, they have to do more than that because they have to have access to the basement where the meters are but the only tool they have is a a, a baton with a with with a ball a tennis ball on it, and that's all they use but of course they have some uh uh sufficient training to know how to con- uh, uh handle this unfamiliar dog you see and i saw oh, I saw one red right at hand right before me i didn't even videotape it and the dog two dogs came out, and the meter reader just froze instantly, you know, and as soon as they came up to him, they just turned around and ran right right back and well, I that's had a one little of the t-
0: things we teach kids is to be a tree if you if you're frightened of a dog, if the dog is coming at you and you're frightened of it, don't run, don't scream, just stand there, stand and relax, be a tree. We explain to kids, just be a tree, stop, and stand still. <laughs> Most of the time,
4: the dog will come up and sniff you and walk away. Exactly. Exactly,
1: because they're, they're, uh, any, they they're they go up to moving objects, anything that's moving, emotion, noise. And that's where a police officer, they can't even use that tone of voice they use to to apprehend uh, criminals and suspects. With a dog, it's different. That tone of voice has to be totally different so you'd be able to have a little yeah. bit more control over over the dog. And like the senator said... Uh, if he uses the same type of voice tone that he used today, I can see why the dogs would would react to his
4: tone of voice. <laughs> you see what I mean? Exactly. Now, I'm um, sorry. Great. I'm sorry to interrupt. I've got another four people waiting online, and I haven't even asked who they are. So I'm just going to bring them straight in because I know we've only got uh, 36 minutes left of the show. So let's just see who else we've got on um, to come in. Uh, area code two one four. Hi, welcome to the show. Uh, nope. We'll put we'll put them hold on hold for a minute. Uh, area code two five three. Hi, welcome to the show.
3: Hi, my name is Hello. Cindy. Hello. Wh- Who have we got on the line? My name is Cindy.
4: Hi, Cindy. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing pretty good. Um, I've been involved with the Rosie case, and I agree with everything that you've been saying about the behavior. My concern is that some of the municipal code includes things such as um, as far as declaring a dog as dangerous. They include things such as jumping up on them, um, play behavior, you know, like if they were to nip somebody even if it was in play um, or mouthing, you know, accidentally, that type of thing. Is there, you know, somewhere that you can go to eliminate that type of language from being part of
7: uh, a dog being declared as dangerous? Um, This is Leedy, And, yeah, you you can basically try to get it amended either on your – if you're talking about the Rosie case, I think you're talking about either a city or county ordinance. You can try, you know, to lobby to get that changed. Um, a, a state law—you can lobby to try to get that changed. But usually, the ones that involve play behavior, like jumping up, um, those are usually city or county ones. They usually aren't aren't on a state level.
3: Exactly, it's a city municipal code.
7: Yeah, so I, I would lobby your city council. I would set up meetings with your city council and go, "Look, this is ridiculous. This is, you know, if a dog jumps on somebody in play and doesn't, you know, it, that shouldn't be." Counted as a dangerous dog, you know it. It should be you know bites and and Jim, you can get into the the levels of bites, the different levels there are. I mean, some ordinances I think even will spell out the different bite levels that they have to be, but but that's a rarity. But yeah, I would try to work with your city council to get it changed, you know, and and you know for Rosie, basically, right. Yeah, and and in the, in
0: the, Rosie's, case, you have a lot of community support, use that. Take all those people to the community to the um, city council meetings in order to get those changes made.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I know you. Uh, right. And
0: congratulations, by the way, on the uh, verdict on that one. Um, but yeah, just use the community support. Like that's what we tell everybody who comes to our page who's had uh, this problem. Like, go to the media, get your community together, and and hit those city council meetings every time in mass. And well, that's and what happens. Even to the city ca-
7: even before the city council meetings, you want the phone calls coming, polite phone calls to them, yeah. because that will make the most difference. You have to do the groundwork before you go to the meeting.
3: Right. Yeah. There, we, there, we we had done that with Rosie. We attended the meetings, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that type of thing. Of course, you know, what lead, you're told and what happens is different.
4: <laughs> yeah, sure. well, in yeah, what
2: what Lydia mentioned is that yeah, there are um, – bite assessment tools out there. The one that I teach and I prefer was, is the one that was originally developed by Dr. Ian Dunbar at California, uh, and it rates bites uh, or incidence levels one through six. And there are specific criteria not based on perception and not based on the decision for medical treatment because where, uh, and the, the illustration I use, is a bite that on a child's face that uh, would take, you know, three plastic surgeons and, and 100 stitches to, to, to close up because they want to spare the child from being being scarred for life. If it was on my rear end, I'd get a Band-Aid and a, and a, and a ooh, sorry, here, take two aspirin and go home for it. Um, yes. the, the scales, for instance, the Dunbar scale, evaluates the number of holes, how deep the holes of the bite are, and how much other... Deep tissue damage, tearing, slashing, and so forth was done. So there's quantifiable ways to make a difference between a dog that's given a single warning nip versus a dog that's latched on and tried to do a lot of damage. Um, With the Rosie case, you didn't even have a bite involved. All Rosie did was, was sitting on the sidewalk when she was shot by the police officers.
3: She wasn't even on the sidewalk. She was actually well,
2: cowering she in the, bush the she was backyard. in her yeah. driveway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. She was she was. I was on the sidewalk, but she was actually sitting in the yard, sitting right. looking at the police officers up against the bushes, trying to stay away from her because I've been through that entire video, and yeah. right. um, that case that case was just settled last week. Uh, somebody had asked right. on the chat. Adam right. I is the attorney on that, and they, they elected to accept a settlement on that with some other conditions, but I don't have the full set of conditions uh, in my hand yet. I, I do know it was settled.
3: Right. I understand that. I mean, I live in the same city. Um, mm-hmm. But my concern is the way the demis- municipal code is written that um, any dog – with normal behavior can be cla- could be classified as dangerous or potentially yes, dangerous, to- and it's ridiculous when you include play behavior.
2: Yeah, which is why we need to be able to. When I refer to behavior-based laws, have specific behaviors that are quantifiable, measurable. And distinguishable from one another because it's not, you know, it's not versus it was, a personal was the opinion. behavior. Yeah, it's not, for instance, a threatening behavior. It's not did that person feel threatened, but was there legitimate, quantifiable cause for a reasonable person to consider that to be threatening? And we need to do a lot better job of defining those criteria and defining those specific behaviors so that, uh, I mean, I had a case where a woman wanted me to declare a dog dangerous, and it was a basset hound that was asleep in its front yard in the sun. And when I asked her why, well, what's threatening? Well, he looked at me. Okay, I later found out this person was phobic about dogs. It was the, the, the behavior may have been perceived by her to be threatening, but it was not reasonable. And I said, absolutely not. So, yeah, we need to be specific and make, uh, you know, leading knows the term and um, so forth, the reasonable person test. Would a reasonable yeah. person perceive this to right. be a valid threat? We apply that to police officers all the time. We make them, you know, if they're going to defend themselves, okay, would a reasonable person consider this to be a valid threat that, that requires um, deadly force response? So since we do that with people, let's apply that to dogs.
0: Right. And, and bark. Really, you basically just have to go dog. City, city and county by city and county to get that done. That's never anything that's going to get done on a state level um, as far right. as changing what the dangerous dogs, you know, code says in your area. That's just something that each area really needs to address on their own, unfortunately. Right, yeah,
3: well, but we can, now well, we can, we the can state the law foundation. or the city law can't counter state law is that correct?
7: Well, it depends on the state. I mean, some states say that you can't have a law stricter or, you know, uh, like like to, there was just an ABA webinar on dangerous dogs on Wednesday and I believe the Texas you can't have a law that's that's stricter than the uh the Texas state law. Um but it just it depends on your what your state statute says. Some, you know, basically will say they can be stricter others will just let cities do what they want um you know others like there're 13 states now that prohibit breed discrimination in the United States so it, you know so there's there's different caveats for for what the what the city dangerous dog laws can be or county dangerous dog laws yeah. and, and then you got home rule cities yeah and then you have home rule cities that can you know sometimes do what they want right but with the state
3: of Washington, a, d- a dog declared dangerous is a dog who has bitten or caused serious injury.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and Rosie was neither.
3: Exactly. She barked. Yeah. Just,
2: okay. Uh, but, Which means Rosie would not have been legally declared dangerous, yet they still shot and killed her.
3: Exactly. However, in their written reports, they referred to her continuously as dangerous and vicious, even though she had never been declared as either.
2: And that's one of those terminology (laughs) things that need to be addressed because the dog is not dangerous until it has gone through a legal process, has been through hearings, and the people have been given the opportunity for due process. Then it is dangerous. (laughs) That's pretty much in every police
0: report we've seen,
2: and that is what
0: we.
3: That is one of the things that I specifically argued at the city council meetings, and the city council continued to defend their actions.
2: Of course, they
4: did. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well,
3: thank, thank you, both very much.
4: Annie, it's fine. Thank you very much for calling into the show, and, uh, you know, please share the links of the show for us as well, won't you? Because I will, just thank to... you. Thank you very much, Annie. And just to let everybody know, if you've missed the show or, you know, there's other people that can listen to the show that be interested, please share the links because they are going into the archive straight after the show so you can still listen, even listen to yourselves talking on the radio as well. <laughs>
0: we've, we've so, already shared your links a couple of times on, on our page. Thanks.
4: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thanks very right. much indeed. Thanks now, again. i you at, um, <laughs> Sorry, say that again.
0: I was just saying we we really appreciate you have this show. The more the more this gets attention across the the world, the better. You know.
4: Absolutely. And please do me a favor. Go into the chat and put your links into the chat because I'm going to put all the links into the um, onto my blog as well after the show. So please do. You know, share as much as you want in there. I think she's already gone. All right. Um, let me go to the next call. I, I, I hate it when I'm, I'm down to time. We've got 24 minutes, and I'm like, there's so much I want to bring in, and I'm sure Kristen's got a few more things she wants to say as well yet. Um, Robin, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Um, would you want to tell everybody your involvement and, and then add anything you would like to the show?
10: Sure. Uh, first, uh, I would like to thank... Uh, uh, Canine partners and Kristen, are doing a wonderful job in getting the, the point of perspective of the dog out to the policeman. Because dogs are living souls, and a lot of policemen don't realize that they are living souls that do think and do love and do care. And, like with my police, my, my police department, they don't care about the dog. Only thing they do is care about themselves. And like you were talking earlier about having the representation of them having their their vests on and being the puppy thing. And dogs do perceive that as aggression of a human being. And we need to figure out a way to make the police less aggressive looking so they can handle the dog better. And a lot of situations could be stopped. I have a page called Dogs in Heaven where I keep up with every single dog that has been shot by cops. And in reference to Justice for Jake, a 10-pound chihuahua that was shot six times, he was scared of the cop and was hiding under the porch. All the cop had to do is step away and let the dog come out to him. There's other ways that they can handle the situations like you all have been talking about that would be more peaceful to the the, everybody. And, And yeah, this... You guys are uh, definitely on the right track with it all. And I just wish that in small towns like mine, there's mm-hmm. a way that you speak through the city council and the police department without being ignored. Because it is an uprising situation that needs to be dealt with. Thank you.
7: Yep. You know, in small towns, you can run for office, too. And, um, you know, even if you don't win, it might scare them into doing the right thing.
10: Well, I'm definitely running for city council next year. Next year's the next open seat. Perfect. And I'm running for city council then. Uh, Me and my roommate, we go around helping the city now, picking up unfortunate animals that have not made it and got hit by cars that no one wants to take responsibility for. The cops around here said so that they will go into a backyard and drop the dogs. And I've been trying to talk to them and changing their ways of thinking that, you know, think of it from a different perspective, think of it from the owners. Uh, there's got to be a better way. I'm trying to work with the cops here and come to a more peaceful solution for
9: the animals. Right. yeah, Buddy, that's Jim. The- I had a quick question for you. Because I'm dealing with county police, um, with, is that still, would I still go to city council?
7: No, or no, you do the county.
9: The county, okay. The
7: county, yeah, county board of commissioners or county council, whatever it is.
9: Okay.
7: Yeah, because a, a lot of
10: council members like mine, they, they want to hear what they want to hear. And if anything else is brought about, then they will pretty much blow you
9: off.
7: Well, and the uh, sheriff, if you're in Illinois, is elected, too, so that's always a good right. thing, you know. Yeah,
9: because, yes, we can put pressure that way.
4: Exactly. Well, um, yeah. what was I going to say? Now, is there anybody who wants to um, chuck any questions to somebody else? Please don't all say yes at the same time, but um, obviously I'm, I'm trying to juggle all of you. We've only got a few minutes left, and I've got another caller waiting, so just want to see if we've got anything that wants to be brought At the moment, anybody got anything to say, ask?
9: I I have one quick question, and I don't know, you know, I wish I could have uh, spoken to Jennifer about it, but um, is it okay for me to, before I have a lawyer, um, Channel 7 News in Illinois has, you know, contacted me about it. Also, I mentioned to you earlier the examiner. um, I would love to talk to whoever I can to get the story out, but I also don't know if I should before speaking to a lawyer. You know, like we had talked about. I think I spoke with Kristen about. Is it is it um, okay to do that beforehand?
7: I think as long as you're respectful, and it's always good to have pictures of your dog to get him out in the press. I, you know, I I think it's good. Jim, what do you think?
2: Um, I I would defer to you on that, Ludy, because uh, you know I can see I can see good and bad on it. Um, I would be careful as to what I said because anything you say in the media uh is gonna come back to yeah. either help yeah. you or haunt right. either help you or haunt you later. But uh, exactly. Yeah, I would I would actually consider talking to the attorney before you make public statements and maybe uh having your your legal counsel help you craft the points that you what want to thing. hit. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you for that. Thank that, you.
4: That's what I did suggest, didn't I? Because I was a bit concerned. Sometimes you you can hold things and let them out later, but once you've let them go, then it's too late. And yeah. you have got to be that's careful. It. And I said, you know, everybody needs to realize that there could be a police officer or whoever on your page, and you could say right. one thing wrong, screenshot, end of story.
7: Yeah. Yes. Right. So you didn't talk to so me about
4: that. It's something, to, so something seriously for everybody to think on, so... Right. Has anybody got Kristen? Have you got anything you'd like to put in?
6: Oh, I just um, sent you a question to ask, lady, about ballot initiatives versus referenda. Referendums.
7: And well, not all. They're kind of the the same thing, but not all states allow ballot initiatives. Missouri (laughs) does. Illinois does not. California does. Florida does.
6: And I'm I'm not really clear on how they work, so my my understanding is, I'm just wanting to see if this is correct, that you can have a, a petition, and if you have enough signatures, you
7: automatically get a ballot for it, is that correct? Yeah, but it, it, it depends on the state, like, and it's, it's like, incredibly hard and expensive um, because you have to get such a broad number of signatures, and sometimes you have to get X number of signatures in each county to get it on the state ballot. So it's just, it's you know, unless you have a lot of money behind you, um, it's, it's pretty problematic. Like for the um, Missouri Puppy Mill Initiative, the ballot initiative there, um I know the best friends put in like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I think oh. the a s p c a and um h s u s put in a few million, so it's wow, yeah, i mean i and and then the legislature can just change it so i I personally you know like in California and Florida, for some issues they've had good luck with ballot <laughs> initiatives, but they're not my favorite. I would rather you know hire a contract lobbyist for you know ten or twenty or forty thousand dollars. And, and and get them acting at the legislature for you rather than spending millions that could be overturned very easily. Millions. Wow. Yeah. They
6: don't mention that on the website. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just think they're
7: you know, I I'm pretty cheap, I'm sorry. I'm along with you.
4: Excellent. Right. Is everybody okay if I just take – I've got one last call, and I think I've done quite well tonight. I've juggled and everything, and I apologize for those that have left onto the show that because they've not been able to I apologize. It's just that I wanted to get in as many as I can because I want all of you to try and get connected to all different people as well. So, um, code 253 welcome to the show. code 253 are you there?
3: Oh, I guess I am.
4: <laughs> Hi, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing okay. Um I had talked to you earlier. This is Cindy again.
4: Hi Cindy, are you okay? No. Pardon? Are you okay?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I had one oh, more are you question.
4: Just, sorry. Are you just on hold listening or did you have you got something else to add?
3: Um I was just on hold, I guess, listening. <laughs> but I do have one more question and that is um as far as like internal investigations, how would we go about um, changing the laws so that it's when you have an internal investigation and you appeal it, you're not going right back to the same chief of police who made the initial determination. You know is there some way that you would you need you can Establish a third par- third person, um, or an independent review board. When you you'd have,
2: yeah, you'd have to do that either through ordinance or through statute. to make Okay, to, and that would have to be imposed upon the police department. So um, that would be or, something going back to the. Yeah, or you'd have to have the the sheriff or chief of police agree and put in his policy that they agree to having an outside uh review board which is um usually not real well received.
3: Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because when you have um Fourth Amendment violations, um it's not very um it's rather prejudiced to take the complaint and appeal it to the very same person who made the initial determination.
7: Well and then yeah, that's why you, you have the court cases too yeah you, so then your that, your
3: recourse been, is to go to court and then you're faced with a prosecutor who works with these law enforcement agencies on a regular basis,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: you're depending on them
2: well, if you're to, going to civil court, you're not using a prosecutor you're you're retaining counsel to represent you
7: yeah under under forty two u s c nineteen eighty three it gives you a private cause of action.
0: Plus, it tends to be a lot easier to win civil cases than criminal cases.
3: Yeah. Okay, but what would be a Fourth Amendment violation? You know, they seize your
7: dog and kill it. That's Is that it. Civil or federal? It, it's it's civil, but it's under forty-two USC nineteen eighty-three, and you can take that in federal court or in state court. But I recommend going in federal court. I think I I, I just think they understand these violations better, and, and I think you have a better outcome.
2: Yeah, the pre- the precedent seemed to be cleaner there to me. Uh, wouldn't you agree,
7: lady? Yeah, I think so. I really do. I I I've seen some state some course cases that have gone to state court under eighty nineteen eighty three cases, and I think they would have won in federal court. I think it was a mistake for the attorney to take for it to state court.
4: Okay. Okay. So is that okay then, Cindy? Yes,
3: I'm fine. Thank you.
4: Okay, I'll just put you on hold. I'll let you carry on listening. Um, Now, I've got uh, 12 minutes approximately, so I'm going to try and go through everybody and give everybody their last say before we try and finish off, okay? I know this is going to be a little bit crazy, so those of you, try and keep it sweet. (laughs) So, Robin, do you want any last words?
10: Uh, Yeah, as a small town person working in a small town trying to get the word out, what would be my best course of action to deal with the police, to try and get them to understand. Okay. I
4: think at the
6: end of that. What did you ask? At the, uh, I only as heard
10: we, half of that. I'm working in a small town. I'm trying to work with the police department here because we had so many issues with stray dogs and them wanting to shoot the stray dogs. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to put them as rescuing with the dogs instead of shooting them.
7: How is my best course
10: to reach across to them to get them to stop from doing this?
7: Well, I think go to your city council, you know call them, talk to them, um come up with an alternative plan um you know and and if they're you know if they're sh- just shooting stray dogs and they're owned by somebody, they could be sued. so I think you want to approach them from a liability standpoint too, but but come with some solutions as to what they can do. Yeah, Which Robin, we can talk about could,
2: some place, ideas. Yeah, one of the places you could look for some of those solutions would be with, for instance, Best Friends or No Kill Nation um, on the efforts to uh, assist departments with, with animal control and stray problems.
8: Excellent.
4: Is that okay the Robin?
10: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Thank
4: you. Okay, then thanks very much for calling in tonight.
10: Thank you.
4: Okay, thanks very much. Um, Eddie, have you got a last minute to say?
1: Yes, I I just uh, encourage Robin to continue because, you know, wh- where I approached the sheriff and the reason they worked with me is because I took the approach of being civil and diplomatic. And we came to an agreement because... Uh, the agreement was that I can disagree with you and still work on common ground to achieve what we're trying to accomplish, and that's the safety of officers, uh, citizens, and the canine that's, uh, in, you know, uh, uh, present. And, you, you know, throughout America there's neighborhood watch groups. The police are looking for some type of partnership that's, that was in uh, Leedy's, uh Department of justice that w- that was mentioned a partnership with the community uh, and they 're seeking right now our city police department it has a Twitter town hall meeting because they want feedback from the community they need the community to work with them because many times that 's how their their their, their 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 cases are being solved okay the, uh, the The social media is a big boost to this, and that 's why when he saw. The followers that I had on social media and everything, we knew that he had to work something to address the canine issues. Uh, You know, basically, almost every home now has a dog. I mean, you're you're probably statistics are probably what about maybe eight out of ten homes, Uh, and just be persistent, um, uh, civilly, civilly. Uh, making it uh, short and sweet in in, in trying to uh, work a partnership with the Sheriff's Department to bring about a change and some safety in the community. Uh, and the only thing I can say is, as far as stray dogs, because we had an incident here, even though the dog had an owner, the owner didn't have him registered, so they, they classified the dog. They, oh, by the way, the dog was shot on a pier, uh, Lake Ontario, there was nobody on the pier, and, and, and they could have handled it better. Uh, this wasn't a, an aggressive dog. The dog used to like to go near the waters because uh, they used to go deep fish uh, uh, fishing, and he happened to go right on the pier, and uh, he was shot. But the, the dog appeared not to have an owner, so the city wanted to uh, uh, take uh, possession completely, but finally they gave, gave in and gave the dog to uh, the present owner.
4: Excellent. Excellent. Right. Eddie, I'm going to have to move on to um, the next call because I'm trying to go through everybody before we call it night. But thank you very much, Eddie, for calling into the show. And I have shared your link into the chat and we'll put that on the blog as well, okay? Thank you. Thanks very much, Eddie. Thank you. Um, Annie, have you got a few final words to say?
0: Um, I just would like to really thank the people who are uh, bringing this to a legal standpoint because I really think that that's. Where we need to hit them, um, basically lawsuits are what they listen to. So, thank you, Eddie, and all the people who are working on this from a legal standpoint, because that's that's really our strong suit. Just having the awareness isn't going to be enough. We really really need to get them to change laws and change policies.
4: Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you very much for calling into the show, and thank you for sharing the show links as well. And uh, please keep in touch with us, won't you?
0: I'd love to. Thank you very much.
4: Okay. Thanks, Annie. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right. uh, Kim, is there any final words you'd like to say?
9: I would just like to say that um, you are an amazing lady. Thank you so much for putting me on. Um, letting me tell the story about Norty and I wanted to agree with you when you said Kristen is an angel. She um, did absolutely what you said. She took her number and she called me, and you know gave me some great information and great, great, um, you know leads to, to follow. So I just want to thank you both so much from the bottom of my heart. And uh, listening to the show, I learned quite a bit, and it's been an honor being in to listen to you. So thank you both. Uh,
4: I I to, with both us thank you Go on Kristen, you were say? i did want
6: I did just wanna you know explain a little bit more about you know what I've been doing because you know when I keep track of everyone um you know all, everyone's contact information and you know all the all of the stories of dogs shot by police and um You know, and, oh, and, you know, lawyers and things like that. We've been trying to track cases and attorneys who have experience trying these sort of cases. Um, You know, so I'll give them the list of lawyers that we have for their areas. um, And also try to put everyone in contact with each other in their areas. So if you're going to court, you know, these people can come and show up, you know, as some support it's pretty intimidating when you show up in a courtroom and one side is filled with cops and it's just you and your lawyer standing there. Um, It's nice to just have that support um, and just trying to get everyone to work together and support each other. Um, But really, I really just direct people to someone else, you know, talk to Jim Crosby if, you know, something needs to be done there, consult with him or um, whatnot. But I pretty much just network everyone to talk to the right people and, um, that's pretty much what I've been doing. So it's not so, like so I'm offering Kim, people legal advice or anything like that when they call me. I just want
4: to make that clear. <laughs> <No, laughs> I'm just going to someone... say that I think everybody will agree that that Kristen has been a hub of help, and, and I am. I'm not. I'm sorry, Kristen. You're going to hate me for this, but uh, she is an angel. She has helped so many people, and and put herself behind everybody else to try and help. But I know Kristen also needs a lot of help with different things she's doing. So if anybody's got any spare time, and I know everybody's going to say they're busy, but Kristen's very busy, but she still makes time. So everybody, it doesn't matter, even if you can only spare five minutes of the day, just please get in touch with Kristen or myself or whoever, and let's see if we can help each other. It's all about bringing people together, and this is exactly what the show has done tonight. And I've got to say, um, before I carry on and let the others have a very quick second, I've got to say thank you very much to everybody who has joined tonight and made it... Absolute fantastic! We've joined so many people and helped so many people, and that's what the Ask Sue show is all about. And so, thank you, Kristen, because you've been an absolute angel to help me with my show. You've helped so many people, and and I, I hope that this is helping you as well.
6: Yeah, it's been great. And Excellent. thank you, right? Well, so, Kim, thank you very for much for us. calling
4: into the show, and uh, please keep in touch yeah. with us both as well, won't you?
9: Yes, we, yes, I sure will. Thank you, guys, both very much. Have a great evening. Yes, and you
4: morning, look at yourself. <laughs> Thank you very <you>. much. <laughs> Keep in touch. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, right. Um, lady of the uh, Um <laughs> have you got any last words to say?
7: Just politics is not a spectator sport. So, you know, call, write, go to city council meetings, start petitions, um, sue you know, basically, you know, you can do anything if you set your mind to it. So, uh, again, you know, you can you can change the world, and and Sue and Kristen, you guys are are making the change. So, so I salute you and thank you for having me on the show.
4: So, I think the thing it- we need to say tonight is: firstly, ask Sue's show, but please, Sue. <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Indeed. That's going to be the most important part of the show for tonight, the most important sentence, ask Sue, show, but please Sue. <laughs> um, but, lady, I'm going to keep calling you lady because you are to me now, like Kristen's my angel. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to have the show, and you're welcome anytime. Open door for you any you like.
7: Bless you. Thank you so much, Sue.
4: Thank you very much, and please have a good night and I'll speak to you very soon okay bye T- thank, T- you. thank you <laughs> bless her um uh, of course the, the other master of the house um Jim, thank you very much for joining us. Have you got any last words you'd like to say uh
2: thank just thanks again for having me as always and um you know and I've seen it on several places. Remember if you're involved in in an incident, you know we always look for someone to, to to change the situation, well, you are someone. So get up and do something about it. Don't just sit there and whine about it. Uh, there are those of us out there like Sue and Kristen and Leedy and a raft of the others of us who will do everything we can to help you. Um, all you have to do is ask. There's not enough of us to track you all down, but if you contact us, if we can't individually help you, we know somebody who
4: can. So, you know. Definitely. Definitely. Other than that, well, thank thanks you very for much, having Jim. me again. Thank you very much for joining us. It's been our absolute pleasure. Thank you so, so much.
1: Every, anytime. Good night.
4: Okay, good night. Well, Kristen, we're down to 23 seconds. I want to thank you very much for co hosting with me tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure as usual. Thank you so, so much.
6: Any time
4: thank you okay i'll speak I'll speak to you very soon, okay okay,
6: good night,
4: and I'd like to say very quickly, thank you very much to everybody, and I'm going to the chat room now to share some links and thank you very much for joining the asu show Good night.
0: No purchase necessary point are prohibited by law. 18 plus
3: terms and conditions apply. See website for details.